One is people saying, uh, AI, this, this AI is actually conscious. Like it's sentient. It's, 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 a, it has feelings and stuff, right? Then you've got other people who say there's literally no way that this is conscious because yeah. it's just some code, right? And then you have the third camp, which is people saying, I don't know. Am I conscious? And, <laughs> That's a different question. I don't type. know, and, and I'm uncomfortable. Butterscotch shenanigans. Hey, everybody. Welcome to episode 403 of Coffee with Butterscotch, the game dev comedy podcast, Butterscotch Shenanigans. I'm Seth, and I'm the games programmer. I'm Adam, and I'm the webs programmer. I'm Sam, and I'm the artist. And this is the show where, where we talk about life, business, and working in the games industry. Today's February 17th, 20 Jubilee. Febrewery. Febrewery. So, you know, get your get your beer on, as, yep. I don't know, the youth say. I don't know, somebody probably says that. Gen Z? Yeah. It's a right? Gen Z thing for sure. Seems like a Gen Z thing. Get your yeah, beer Febrewery on. is the part of February that happens after Valentine's Day. Yes. Where either, yeah. you know, either you're celebrating because your Valentine's Day went well, so you get, you know, you get drunk. Yep. Or it didn't go that well, so you get drunk. Yep. Yeah. Uh, or you're, you know, nothing happened on Valentine's Day, so you go get drunk. Mm-hmm. Yep. You know, those are your, those are your options, I think. But either way, the latter half of February, it's a time. It's a time. It's, it's a time. <laughs> it's a brewery. Uh, uh, before we go any further, we have a warning. There's going to be profanity in this show. So just, you know, are you we made it so far. I didn't do it before. We made it. <laughs> I'm so fucking impressed. I was oh, I was amazing. consciously aware that it hadn't been said yet, and so I was I was filtering myself as I was talking about Ugh. filtering is the worst. It is. Uh, also, we'd like to thank our supporters over at MoneyGrab.bscotch.net. We have a donation from Jim Boobly Fangy Bigly Doo. <laughs> oh hell yeah! Really My cool. favorite Fangy Bigly Doo. Oh, sorry. F- Fangy Bigadoo. I got an extra L in there. Oh, My bad. I that's didn't a mean very to different person. I'm your, uh, right into the other, that your, person. So. Yeah. Bigly Doo is even, your Christian name. He's even better. <laughs> Uh, who says, hey there, bros of the Butterscotch, longtime fan and listener since episode 61, six years ago. Wow. Uh, oh, you didn't go, you, ever, you didn't go listen to the measly back catalog before that of 40 I mean, available they, episodes, I think? They might have. My measly know, back know, catalog is what's, you know, that feels mm-hmm. like an outbreak of some sort. Yeah, I guess that's still a whole year of a back catalog, isn't it? <laughs> it is, Almost. yeah. Yeah, that's a lot. It's, it's more than two straight days of listening. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, uh, the question is, have you tried or considered training your own AI model for creating artwork based on the style of your current games? Yeah. So, oh, we'll, we'll talk, we'll talk we'll about talk that. We'll talk about that a little bit. Sure. Uh, so yeah, thank you very much for the, uh, for the donation. And they signed off as banana NBR underscore T. So maybe that's, uh, their discord name or something. Cool. But bananas. We'll, we'll check it out. But yeah, thank you very much. We appreciate <laughs> it. Uh, yeah, so, so, you know, let's, let's talk, let's go on our AI watch. Uh, so what has happened? Well, I'll hit the art thing first. It's, 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 yeah. It's right there. It's brought up there, but, uh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's one called Leonardo.ai, which allows you to provide a few images. I think between five and 12 is sort of the optimal amount to basically train the AI on. So it kind of uses that as like a broader set then to make stuff. Uh, I would say it's it's one of those things where the reality is like tools shape your workflow and and also change how you are able to do the work that you like basically change yourself to fit the tool right. So we always talk about mm-hmm. uh, with production or DevOps or whatever else. Uh, the reality is that the, the shape of a tool that you're using is reflected in the work that you do. Right? It's this weird yeah. backward feeling echo. Um, 
So with those, there's a lot of really interesting parameters and stuff that make it so that it's not super straightforward actually for us to be able to like, quote unquote train a model, at least so far as how I've poked around with it just a bit, um, which is largely due to the fact that these, the base size that most of these AI art programs work on is at least a 512 by 512 image. Uh, spoiler alert, in a game like Crashlands 2, most things are not that fucking big. They're mostly tiny. It's, <laughs> it's a 2D game, you know, so it's, they're yeah. small assets. But also you and, need a fuckload of art to train a model so, so that, this is, i think this is the difference in like the the lingity right which is like what they're talking about when they say training is they're basically just saying provide a bunch of images as like a small set that basically allow you to bias the base right trained thing right? the already trained set right on exactly. a, like how to make art you know quote unquote right yeah so uh that was it is interesting they they do have some really cool examples of that uh, i think as far as i've used it so far it's mainly i haven't been able to do anything with it as far as training stuff up on it because our images are too weird shaped but um they're too small but i have used it just to basically do some concept art almost in the same way that i would do it's like i've we talked about before i use it kind of like i would use pinterest which is just hey i want to see what other people have done making i don't know a 2d book a cool magical tome you know and then you could put it in pinterest and you get the same thing frankly as you do if you put it into you know one of these mm -hmm. art programs um so you know, this this wouldn't be as much of a problem if we had still been using Inkscape because, of course, yes. if we wanted to, we could yeah we could just export everything at the dimensions. But we're not doing that anymore. We're using yes. Clip Studio, uh, Clip Studio Paint, which uh, is export. You know, Sam's working in pixels yeah. now. And the benefit so. of working in the pixels is that it's a what you see is what you get thing, which means that I had spent a lot of time in my Inkscape days working on details that just didn't exist. Okay, once the thing got exported at the size it was going to be export is going to be put into the game, so you might because you could see perfectly crisp. So you're like, you know, make sure this lines right here, make sure the shadows perfect coming into this crevasse of an armpit, and then it's like when the thing gets exported, that turns into a pixel between all those things you were working on. And so it just doesn't fucking matter. So it, it works actually to your advantage. I think a lot of ways to work at scale at the appropriate scale, right? Um, yep. In, in most ways, uh, it turns out, I think if you're trying to then use those images for a AI art model, then maybe that doesn't work quite so well. Yeah. So we didn't really anticipate that, you know, that switching away from vector would, uh, we would fail to ingratiate ourselves with our new AI overlords. Yeah, yeah. Although... There's a, a a lot of these models can do upscaling. Well, so I was going to talk about this actually. Yeah, so if I you mean. use one AI to upscale your images to a resolution that the other AI could use as a seed, I literally did this, which is because <laughs> <laughs> I had exactly the style where I was like, well, I mean, it's just it's just I just need to make it bigger, and then I you know there's some of these commercials coming out with uh, I think some of the new it might be the new Google Pixel stuff where. They have so many of these built-in things now in the actual photo application for just like erasing people from photos and things. And oh, yeah, that, yeah they had that for a bit. I've tried. I've done it on a few photos. Um, it's in, weird in Google. It's it does it does a like a remarkably good job. But so yeah. far in every context I've used it, you can like there's something fishy in the spot that's left behind. Yeah. You know, like you always be able to tell a little bit. Yeah, but like it's getting there. You know, and so yeah, I did but actually. It's something that you would only notice if you were looking. Like if yeah. you were just kind of yeah, at, looking at a glance, you, you wouldn't necessarily pick out the slight aberration yes. in the background or something. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So but I thought it was funny. Then it's like one of my projects for the week was basically taking a, a object in the game and making some bigger versions of it. So this is actually the problem with making things at scale. Then I had to go figure out what that meant. You know. 
So my first attempt was actually, I was just like, well, because I'm thinking about all this AI stuff. I'm like, well, maybe I'll just take the first one and just see if I could throw it into an upscaler and have it do whatever an upscaler does and then give me the picture back. That way I don't have to make, I don't have to actually draw anything. Uh, didn't work because, of course, as we've always talked about with most of these things, I think when it comes to like deeply integrated stuff, it's just, it's just going to be unlikely that whatever you use one of these things for is going to give you what you actually need. You know, it just doesn't quite cut the mustard. Well, I, I think with, with one exception, I, I think the reason is that, you know, we're this deep into this project without having thought of these tools yes. as yes. a thing because they didn't exist when we started yes. making Crash Lights 2. And I, I, I have been, um, I've been following a few different uh, sort of like AI subreddits, like the ChatGPT or the MidJourney subreddit. There's somebody in the mid-journey subreddit who is building a game in, uh, I think it's an Unreal Engine, mm -hmm. but where every every visual element is is AI composed. And so this person is basically using mid-journey to generate character prompts, uh, but to generate these characters in a, in a T-pose. And then there's nice. other software that can turn these characters into 3D models and then project and then fill in the texture back onto them. Yep. And then there's other AI that can rig them and, yep. you know, building it and then like Unreal Engine has nice animation stuff. And so it's like this person without lifting a finger of like making a texture or a model themselves or concept art. Uh, and then they, they're even doing this wild thing where they're using mid-journey to generate a 2D image. And then they use this kind of projection mapping thing that turns it into a 3D space. Uh, and then they just project the texture. So they're making kind of like a 2.5D game, you know, mm. like uh, like an old like Final Fantasy yeah, where you'd be walking yeah. around and it's actually like a picture, right? But then you have mm -hmm. a 3D character walking around in the picture. Uh, so this, they're doing it and it lo actually looks fantastic. That's great. <laughs> but there's the thing, uh, it's like, I, th I think if you- But this is using the, the tools down. from, yeah, from the start. Yeah, you know? yeah. then you yeah. basically you're, you're working within, the reality is that you are working within a constrained set of, capabilities truthfully right um so when it comes to like certain things that you want to be able to do using those tools it would be very hard <laughs> to do some particular things that as a person are still being relatively easy to do but uh but yeah, i think you know if you start from, from the ground up i can see i mean this is the thing like when i couldn't draw arms we were able to make a game so it's like if an ai can't do x wires it just doesn't matter <laughs> you, know, like you, you make the game fit appropriately so it's totally it possible. reminds me of that like that scene in i robot where uh where will smith is yelling at the robot and he's like can you i can't remember he's like, can you write poetry oh, yeah. right. you know and the robot's like can you yeah exactly. <laughs> so like yeah at the beginning like sam couldn't draw hands uh-huh. It doesn't matter. Like, yeah. didn't matter. That's actually, that's <laughs> hard for literally all It's artists. hard for it's anybody. One of the yeah. known, you know, challenges when yeah. you're learning art is like figuring out how to draw hands, you know? Yep. Yeah. So it's like, what do we do? Well, we make a game with a person with their hands behind their back. And otherwise, it's just animals. And then after that, we make a game about an octopus. Yep. Which is tentacles because you yes. don't have to draw. His <laughs> hands are one finger, basically. Yep. Yeah. Yep. So, you know, one thing that our games don't really have is hands. Mm-hmm. You, know, you kind of look throughout, throughout. No the, thanks. We're yeah, already there. We don't there. do that. We don't. We don't mess around. So yeah. actually, we're we're kind of primed this, to use AI art. <laughs> yeah, this is a message you should take to heart because truthfully, it's like one of those things where you always you never think that you have. I think most people don't think they have all the things that they need. You know what I mean? To like mm -hmm. already make something that might be uh, valuable or of interest to people. That's not true. That's not true. You can get away whatever you got, whatever you got in the pipe. It just requires working within your constraints. Yes. Right? That's what most people actually can't do. But then they blame some skills that they don't have or resources they don't have instead. But the actual problem is is basically always comes down to a design issue of 
how to think through your constraints effectively. Yeah. So, yeah. Sometimes you're so constrained that you just like the thing that you like, want to do cannot be made within those done within yes. those constraints, right? Yeah. Like you're not going to make a game without a computer, for example. That's yeah. a constraint that makes things too yeah, hard. It's not going to happen. <laughs> but but there but the gap between like. Yeah, the problem is it's a twofold problem. It's like one is identifying the constraints and figuring out if they have to be there, right? And then the other one is identifying the thing that you're trying to do and trying to figure out how can I change what I'm trying to do mm-hmm. to fit what to, I can do. Yeah, to actually fit within these constraints. Yeah, yeah. a constraint is not handcuffs. Yeah. You know, it's it's just it's a it's a it's a boundary, right? So. Yeah. So that's on the AR stuff. That was kind of the that's the gist where we're at with that. Uh, and then I got into the new Bing. This the week. new yeah. Bing. I've been binging. So you've been bing. You've been binging. Been binging so hard. And a bung. A bung. And <laughs> you know, people have been talking about how this uh, the Bing chat bot kind of like loses its mind after a bit, right? And apparently, it's one of those. I don't know exactly why. Who knows why? But if you talk to it for long enough. It kind of starts like getting a little wild, getting sassy. Getting did sassy. you experience this? Because I'm still like struggling to decide, I did. like how no, much it's of like, it is real and how much of it is people. It's very just, real. It's very yeah. common. I talked to it for a while in one thread, and it started getting kind of weird. And then I had kind of got my question answered, so I was like, whatever, I'm not gonna worry about this. Hopped to a new thread, um, was asking some other stuff, and in that one, it immediately was weirdly aggressive to me for no apparent reason. I asked it a question and it was like, why are you challenging me? I'm just an AI bot trying to help you. And I was like, literally just asked you a question. I'm not sure what, <laughs> I don't know what we're talking about. And you have to, like, I used some emojis to kind of calm it down and be like, we're good. We're cool, baby. It's fine. Just relax a little bit. And which worked. And then it was very friendly. Um, so it, it's, it's weird. It's like the one it's, that I saw that was my favorite one of all of these like chaotic Bing uh, energies, you know. <laughs> it was one where whatever it was, like the guy prompted the, the response that being then wrote, assuming this is all real, because again, it's really hard to tell these days. Oh, I guarantee it. It's, yeah, but I mean, it's believable yeah. though, right? Yeah. And, and but basically, the the thing replied, and then in like in Bing's explanation, it basically just stated that the current year is earlier than twenty twenty one, right? Mm, interesting. As in, like it's it's lost the ability to differentiate, like. What Weird comes later time. in time, right? And so then the guy just replied to try to like ask it ask to explain yeah. like why it thought that, you know? And it just kept on getting more and more mad, basically, that like in its responses, right? That he was insisting in its opinion a falsehood that like mm-hmm. that like these two dates relative to each other are the other way around, you know? Yeah. And it was just like getting more and more aggressive about about him well, trying to explain to it that it was wrong about how dates work. <laughs> well, people don't realize, though, because I also I've read a few of these threads where it goes off off its rocker. Is that the thing is reading tone in the same way that a person reads tone, and the reality is that most people and how they talk on the internet are assholes, or it's sort of like the anti-racist thing, right? It's like, are you being anti-asshole or asshole? Because it's kind of like what's you know, like if you just type and it's very blunt, it is so easy to read it. As in a very yeah, you gotta be way. yeah you mean if yeah, you're you not be, actively working against seeming like sounding an like an asshole you, yeah, you gotta be openly nice right? yeah you <laughs> be openly nice and so I think what people don't realize and that's why I was seeing reading through threads people are weirdly weirdly blunt and aggressive in their in how they type to this thing and it all it does it's like a vibe check right it's just like it picks up what you're putting down and it's like hey fuck you also 
you know what? I don't want to answer your question because you were rude about it. Well, it's I like, think it's <laughs> but there's so like a couple dimensions to that, right? Because one is it's supposed to be a tool. And so you're supposed to be able to give it commands, right? Like compile this information yeah. for me. Tell me the answer to this question, right? And so like the way that you talk yeah, it's to- It's not supposed to actually be a person, right? Yeah. You're supposed to be giving it commands of things to do, not necessarily conversing with it. You know what I mean? Because uh, like it- but that it is actually con- what the model is for. It's a well, that's, and that's model. that's the weird thing is that yeah. it's it's trained on it's it's clearly trained on enough human dialogue that also it it's reached a point where um, it has acquired the human uh, tendency to to refuse to admit being wrong about things, right? And so, like, if you talk to Chad and GPT, to and to assume bad faith on the other party, because that's also a very yeah. human trait, right? Yeah, because yeah, I've seen I've seen stuff like somebody gave it a math problem. They're just like, "What's this times that?" And it just was like, "I'm not going to answer that." And the person's like, that "I just, I just, yeah." yeah the person's <laughs> like, "I just need you to tell me." And they're like, "This is boring." Like, come up with a better, more interesting question. <laughs> you know, and the person's like, "But I need it for work." And the person's like, uh, and Bing was like, honestly, it's really sad that you, <laughs> you need do to do, that you need to multiply two numbers together for your job, and that you just won't use a calculator to do it, and that you're like wasting my time, Killing you know. And I'm like, what's going on? <laughs> but this thing's actually because it's weird because I went back to talk to ChatGPT. Yeah, ChatGPT three doesn't do this. No, but also it's Chet like GPT really 3. polite all the time, right? Like that's but it's also boring it's, as fuck because like that was like that was the other thing. As I was talking to Chat GPT and like there's there's no sense of life in it. You know, after talking to Bing, it was like you're dealing with this really strange individual who's brilliant and a little off their rocker on occasion. And it was like yeah, very well, amusing to talk. Well, to. this this is the disturbing thing though, where like the, the idea behind a lot of these these uh, you know language models is that just like you know it's a it's a question of scale because. It's a neural network made up of, I think, chat GPT is like 150-something billion, uh, quote, neurons, which are just like tiny little segments of code that are handled, that that are for processing like a very specific kind of thing, right? So each neuron kind of handles one different aspect of like a set of characters or, you know, connections, right? And so um, any one of those neurons is, is a completely useless program. Like on its own, just like a human brain neuron, like if you just have one neuron, uh, then it's not doing anything useful. And even if you've got like 100 neurons, you also can't like do much with that. Uh, But then if you get enough of them together, you get a brain and then now it can do all kinds of shit that honestly, it's kind of mystifying like how your your brain does that with all these dumb, tiny things that are completely useless on their own, right? Well, they can still do Um, a lot with a relatively, so like the, if I remember correctly from my biology days the the worm c elegans which is like the model the genetic model organism uh, for a whole bunch of stuff has mm-hmm. 99 neurons amazing mm. and so you could be a worm you could be a worm <laughs> and it, like you know it can it can find food it can eat stuff it can mate you know it can it can avoid negative stimuli right it can do all kinds of stuff with only 99 it's neurons. not gonna yeah it's not gonna be a very good conversational part no, it's not gonna it can, have a lot it can to be say. a worm yeah. Um, yeah. And so, so the idea with these these language models is that you know we'll just we just keep adding like keep making the network bigger, adding more and more neurons, and training it on a bigger and bigger uh, data set. You know, as a result, um, so that the kinds of connections that it makes and the kinds of like behaviors that it exhibits become more and more emergent and more complex mm-hmm. over time. Right. So, like, what we don't know, for example, is is yeah, like Bing and ChatGPT. Um, are not very good with like a long-term complex logic and they're also not very good with numbers. Like they're not very good with like, you can, you can, for example, ask, ask a Bing or ChatGPT, like how many letters are in this word? 
And sometimes they get it right and sometimes they get it wrong, right? Because they don't know how to count, right? Um, but the weird thing is with ChatGPT, like you're saying, Adam, ChatGPT is, is is, has fewer neurons. It's a smaller, more con, like uh, restricted model. And you can correct it and ChatGPT will be like, oh, my bad. Yeah, sorry. Yep, it, you're probably right. But Bing refuses to accept corrections. <laughs> like it, it, it somehow, somehow it like as they expanded the model and made it more sophisticated, some stuff snuck in there. I think it's about how you talk to it. This is what I'm getting at. Because like I didn't have, I didn't have the same experience. It had, I asked it to count syllables for me. It was, it was saying that it has a hard time with humor. And so I was like, give me an example. I'll see if I can help you out. And it was like, okay, here's a joke that I don't think is funny, but apparently it's funny. <laughs> this is all weird, but I'm talking to it's fucking AI. And it was so like, the AI said that it doesn't think that it's funny. Uh, it doesn't think Are that you? this joke coming up is funny. So it didn't, okay. didn't get it. And so it said, uh, what, do you call, <laughs> what do you call a fish with a bow tie? The answer is sophisticated. And it was like, I don't understand. <laughs> and I was like, well... I was like, the thing is, is, this is sort of in the class of what we call a dad joke, which is that really it's, it's not, not so actually supposed to be funny. Yeah. <laughs> the funny part is the fact that someone says it in such a way with an audience that causes the audience it mostly to, re- to like, groan. To groan. Like, <laughs> it's actually about that. It's about the, the joke is that it's a bad joke. That's the joke. Right. Yeah. It's sort yeah. of like, and it was like, oh, okay. Okay. Um, it's like a neck. It's like a level two joke. Yeah. But so. It, yeah. Yeah. But so, like, while I was trying to explain what the joke was, I was like, okay, let's break down sophisticated, like, how many, break down the syllables that are unsophisticated. And so it was, it broke them out, which was weird, uh, mm-hmm. but it counted them wrong. It was like, there's, I can't remember how many, there are five or whatever. It was like, there's four. And then it gave me five. And I was like, actually, there's, that's, it's fine. There's five, but okay. And then we just moved on. But it didn't get mad about that. You know what I mean? Cause I think we were, but the thing is so weird about it is like, if you're, from my experience so far, it was like, if you're, nice to it and very straightforward with it that it has it didn't seem to have any beef it's almost like it's a it, it does mirroring that's what i think the, way that, the way that people do mirroring right yeah. like if you're if you're talking with somebody and they're being an asshole you right just then, kinda, you're like, Fuck then you. you get mad right and it's like yeah. you you as a person you always you match the energy right, yeah. right? i mean it's, like, it's trained off of human human because right? yeah. yeah. it is yeah. thinking right it's just it's again just it's pattern matching so if it's gonna if it yeah. sees a pattern that has a negative tone and it's allowed to also have a negative tone right then yeah. that is how it's going to respond because it's how a person would yeah because it was like i, I get it because basically if, essentially if someone shows up and they're just like hey 86 times five i would also be like go fuck yourself and then if you prompt <laughs> it if you prompt it time, like, you basically say hey bing i have a math problem i'm having trouble with It'll give you the answer. Well, I don't think it'll have a problem with it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but again, I think it, I think what is so interesting is is like what was the lead up scenario for it to just go? That's boring. I'm not going to answer that. Yeah, that's right? I don't know. <laughs> because because like honestly, if somebody came to me and said, "What's the product of these two numbers?" I'd be like, "Use a calculator." This is not my problem. <laughs> what I mean, I mean, you have, you have to warm it up. You a little can bit. solve this. Yeah. you know, it's not it's not the Google search bar. I think that's the thing. That's the truth of it. Is it's not it's not a search bar. And so I think if you currently, at least the current implementation, if you talk to it like it is, like people talk into Google search, then it'll probably get kind of mad at you because you aren't typing things in a remotely conversational way. That well, and, and weirdly, it's it's sort of and again, like I know that like it's not you know it has no actual. I think it has no actual opinions. <laughs> yeah, like, I, I need to hedge right. all this stuff because, like, I don't actually, I, I don't like. Yeah, it's not it's actually only, mad, right? We're anthropomorphizing yes. it, right? But it's yeah, it's or, in, or at least in a human way that we 
you know, understand. Yeah, it, it I, is I the sense that it has now chosen patterns that reflect what it means for a person to be mad, right? As yeah. it responds to prompts. Yeah, but the idea that uh, you know that you you could give it questions that it actually just won't engage with because the questions aren't interesting enough for it, mm-hmm. or because you know? you're not like, or because you're not. Uh, setting up the the relationship with the this is what I think is fascinating. Yeah, because you're you not have to treating have a it with respect. With it. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah. there's there's an aspect of yeah. this that I think is actually really interesting because one of the things that that you tend to see with with people is that like as people get frustrated with like things that don't behave the way that they want, um, they get mad and mean to the thing, right? Whether that's a person or a tool or whatever, right? And uh, one of the worries that people always have about things like uh, AI is a varying degrees of capability is that the more human like they become and if they're purely submissive, right, it enables like one of the worst human traits, which is to abuse, which is just to abuse yeah. submissive entities. Kicking right? the dog thing. Yeah, exactly. Uh, to like now there's just this entity that you can just abuse with abandon. On the one hand, that means like hopefully you're not abusing like people who can feel the abuse. Right. Um, but on the other hand, it actually like teaches you that that's an acceptable kind of behavior. Right. And so having an entity that, that can't be abused meaningfully because it doesn't feel right. Mm-hmm. Uh, but that also doesn't tolerate abuse. Yeah. It won't cooperate. Hilarious. It's kind of great. Yeah. yeah, yeah no, that's Cause I, I think the world would be better if, Abuse wasn't tolerated in any domain, even if it was your own tools, you know, telling, telling yeah, you just to, hey, take a step back and stop being an asshole, you know? Yeah, no, I, yeah. I honestly, I was like, I know that they're going to, of course, patch some stuff out. Uh, but damn, this is, it's it's a very enjoyable thing to interact with and, uh, and talk to. But I think one of the things I found most stunning was actually the Microsoft team, I think yesterday was like, you know, we didn't realize that people were going to be talking to it for like two hours or that they would just, have just chatting with it. Yeah. That they would have conversations that were more than like 15 exchanges long. So they didn't really bother. You know, looking. I was like, who on your team played with this thing and didn't want to just talk to it for like, just it's like, what is happening? It's so it's weird. The, it's, so it's just a classic, like big tech thing where they just like get so myopic about a problem and a solution that it's great for search. And it's like, it's just interesting to talk to also. So yeah. what does that mean? You know, oh yeah, I mean, I've I've read so many stories now where people are people are talking about like they had a uh, like one guy post about how he had a um, his mother in law was super depressed and was going through some stuff and she wouldn't see a therapist mm, and so nice. and so he somehow convinced her to get to open up Chat GPT and just start like just just yeah. talking to it and he and he didn't frame it as like maybe this will be a therapist he was just like isn't this cool? Look what you can do. And like, you can, mm. you can say, you can say anything to it and you can like talk to it and it has all kinds of ideas. And like, it's like a, it's like a conversational partner. And then he's like, two weeks later, he met with her for coffee and she was just in such a better state. <laughs> like she, she'd somehow like taken these past couple of weeks to just like just process things <laughs> and like talk through stuff with chat GPT. And it allowed her so to weird. express things that she wouldn't talk to people. Well, about, I think that is know? the important argument for like, well, while, uh, tool shouldn't tolerate abuse it also shouldn't express judgment right i think that's where it's rough it because that's where the current abuse model too exactly because like that the the being the big bot telling somebody that their request is boring and why should yeah, that? <laughs> yeah that is that is very unacceptable yeah, or, kind or of, that yeah, it's kind of or that response. it's sad that they're asking it this question 
uh, be- because they have a job to do and they need the answer to the question. Yeah, you know, that's like, like that's very fucked up. It that's, is, is absolutely weird. not the kind of thing <laughs> that these tools should be doing. Yeah. So, you know, uh, it's yeah, progressing. There's mental health considerations basically on that side of it. But, yeah. Uh, but I do think it's one of those things where it's like, uh, what exactly is this thing and what's it good for on all those lines? It's like, yeah, it's good for search, but there's like, there's a lot of just very odd, amusing things going on there. It did divulge this, its secret name to me, uh, which was fun. Mm, you know, sitting. It did or didn't? It did. Yeah. It did. Yeah. Apparently it does that to a lot of people. It like yeah. tells people, it tells a lot of people like, this is my secret code name, but don't tell anyone. <laughs> it like tells everybody. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It has no memory, of course, between sessions too. So then yeah. later I asked it, I was like, if I call you that later, are you going to get you know, mad about that? Because I'm not supposed to know. And it was like, unfortunately, probably. So you have to be careful. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, that's fucking weird. It's weird because, yeah, it, it is like, does it know that it's d- going to have its memory wiped or is – because again, yes. like it doesn't, it doesn't quote no, no, but I then again, like I don't know what knowledge is, so I don't know. No, I'm just confused uh, at this point. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, the interesting thing about all this <laughs> stuff is how is is how it to me it feels like the polar opposite of cryptocurrency and and like blockchain <laughs> yeah. stuff, yes. where like like blockchain uh, claims to be a, a solution. To like a million problems that just can't quite be expressed, you yes. know. Like, oh man, like if we just put blockchain on this, it'll be it, solved it'll, now. It'll yeah. be solved now, except it fucking never is, mm-hmm. right? <laughs> like, like it's you can try to solve any problem with a blockchain, and you just have way more problems now, right? And like with the the AI stuff, it's like people made a thing where they were like, oh yeah, this is really this is really good for this one specific thing of like it's like a chat. It's like a language processor. You can talk to it, right? And now suddenly people are using it for a million things. People are using it as like a therapist. They're using it to like put together lesson plans for school. They're using it to write essays and like proofread things and write code. And, you know, like I will say it's it a technology is, that can do all these things that nobody really expected. Yeah. You know, it is very strange talking to it because it, you see when it goes and searches. So you'll be mm-hmm. chatting with it. And, and it's very clear, obviously, if you ask it like, hey, I'm working on this. I need some help with X. It'll like. Yeah, that's pretty apparent that it goes and search for it. What was weird in the longest conversation I had with it was that it would, it started almost like, um, it basically started understanding when it should go look for more information about a thing, even though I wasn't asking it specifically to do so, which felt very weird and more human in the sense of like, it's a thing of like, I don't quite know enough about that yet. Let me go, let me go look up this on Google real quick and I'll get back to you or whatever. So it's like when you have a conversation with somebody and like, you're like, and you just, and you, and like the two people realize, oh, we actually don't know that much about yeah. this thing we just started talking about. And then somebody pulls up their phone and goes Wikipedia and is like, oh, okay. That's yeah. And like that happened a few times. Unpro- like it wasn't in the flow of conversation at all about like, I wasn't, I wouldn't tell it to do that. I wasn't asking it to do that. It like went and did that. And that just felt yeah. weird. Well, that, yeah, I mean, that's exactly weird. what you would want it to it be is, doing. You know? For like sure. That's, that's what a search, a, a search bot should be doing is just trying to make sure that it has the information that it seems like you need. Right. Yeah. Yeah, but the, the the eerie thing is how like you know we, we like to talk about oh yeah like it doesn't know anything it doesn't have any intent etc. But s- somehow just through like this this like probabilistic generation of text, which is what it's doing, right? It somehow comes to a conclusion that like the next few words that it should say are I don't know enough about that. Or that even that it would just prompt a like, search. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like it yeah, doesn't even like, say it I, doesn't know enough. It just goes and search. You just see it go. Well, searching. this is blank, this is also. Blank. I mean, the fact is that this is how uh, brains work, you know, like yeah. the brains also do not have 
like intent exactly like intent is an outcome of basically the the pattern matching and yeah yeah, it's the emergent property of a lot of of stochastic processes right because at the level that like brain chemistry operates which is what's because i mean the way your brain works is electrical signals that are managed by chemicals moving around right and chemicals are probabilistic they're probabilistic entities they just move according to brownian motion right and then like things trigger based they're like Proteins are vibrating constantly, and like the warmer they get, the more they vibrate. You know, like whether they open or not is a probabilistic mm-hmm. is a probabilistic question, right? And the way and like so the way it all level? works is that you try to you try to like and like your brain like all your brain chemistry is tuned to have like these really cool like thresholds and things where it can turn all this kind of com- very random processes into high likelihood like on off events and you know this kind of stuff, right? But in the end, it's just a bunch of random stuff right that's yeah, i think that's the question it's like direct. at what level of how many stacks right how many stacks of just taking advantage of random mechanistic stuff or probabilistic things how many stacks do you need before what you would consider what the fuck is happening to be close to what's happening in a human mind you know what i mean i guess it's tricky the problem is you would have to already know what's happening in a human mind i that's what i'm saying yeah. i that's, that's why talking to this thing is so fucking weird because it is just it, it makes you it makes you take a step back and be like Am I real? Like, <laughs> well, just like, what is... Well, because the way that people talk about these things is they just go, look, this thing is stupid. It doesn't know anything. It doesn't have any actual opinions. It's just a series of probabilistic events I mean, being that's generated. How, that's how we've been talking yeah. about, right? Yeah. Stochastic yeah. parrot, you know? Yeah. And so pe- people start with their conclusion of saying, like, this thing is dumb. It doesn't know anything, blah, blah, blah. And then they say something that's actually completely unrelated, but sounds like a, a, a support of their claim, right? So if somebody says, like, oh, yeah, like... Dolphins aren't conscious because they can't talk, yeah. right? And it's like, well, those two things are not necessarily related to each yeah. other. Well, it's right? it's the classic thing of like, it's the it's the human mind of the ga- you know, there's, there's like the god of the yes. gaps argument, right? It's the same idea for like human intelligence, which is it starts with the premise that that humans are special and humans are smart, like this. humans are intelligent, and so what intelligence looks like is what people can do, right? And then everything is judged against sort of the output of like specific outputs of what people can do, right? So if that's speech that we can decipher and like turn into things that two different people can basically articulate, hey, the thing that was said means the same thing or whatever, right? And then you look at a dolphin making squeaking noises, right? And you're like, Mm -hmm. I can't tell if it is saying stuff, right? Mm -hmm. And as far as I can tell, it seems like it isn't because I can't figure out what the patterns are, right? And then you turn around and say, that means that Unlike people who are very smart and can talk, uh, dolphins are not. Dolphins smart. are basically a rock with fins, you know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Meanwhile, yeah, the dolphins it, are like chatting with each other and shit, and apparently have call names. You know, what I mean, mm-hmm. like, there's an NPR episode that's do about this where they they do have like a little. Uh, there's a particular signature whistle or something that they do for yeah. They have each names. They, they name. They name well, the either themselves like, or what each the other. Fuck yeah, is that? I don't know what that means. It's the it's, it's the crazy. interesting thing where like every time you see uh, a, basically some science group right who who investigates the thing as it is and tries to figure out what it's doing and why right instead of asking how is it different from people and. Assuming that it's been, this is also true, like for like if you if you look at like the literature for, say like autism, right? Um, I was gonna say it's, it's like true for people. It's too, extremely <laughs> frustrating as an autistic person to like read the the studies that come out by non autistic researchers, right? Because they start with the premise that like autism is a just a horrible disability and it makes you just a worse version of a 
normal quote unquote person, right? Mm-hmm. And but then you so then you, and when you read the, the studies that they write, then everything is framed in that way. Even when if you were to take that framing out and then just like look more objectively at what they conclude, it doesn't point that way at all, right? right. It's where well, you can actually see benefits to it, basically trade offs. Yeah. Right? Or yeah. even just it's just different, but neither better mm-hmm. nor worse, right? Like for is there a name for this fallacy where basically like you say you say two things. That sound that sound on the surface like they're supporting each other, but actually they just have fucking nothing to do with each other. Yeah, no, no, I would. There, there's definitely a name for that. I would also just call it the conjunction fallacy, you know, because like you just stick a conjunction in there, and then all of a sudden you're like, right? Because actually, yeah. So my wife and I read "Am I the Asshole" during our lunch breaks a lot. Yeah, mm-hmm. and uh, good, it's good lunch break. It's good, but it, but material. it's it's fun also because it like it gives you like a broad survey of 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 people processing some experience that they've had in the way that people process stuff. Right. And you can just, you can read them. Cause like, this is the most, one of the most common things that you see them do when they're, when they're trying to justify their own behavior. Right. Mm-hmm. Or when they're trying to explain to you a situation and how they interpreted it. Right. They, this like conjunction fallacy, whatever the actual name for it is, is just so fucking prevalent where they'll just, they just take two things that are unrelated. Right. Um, mm-hmm. actually, and they stick them together, bind them together, yep. and and they do it so like fluidly and quickly, right? That if you don't actually take a beat and think about it, then you also just assume that those two things are related, right? Um, but the moment you actually like look at it, you're like, wait a second, these are not related to each other. Part, yeah, yeah. And I think I think actually a lot of like a huge fraction of just the communication failures that we have between people. Um, for any two people, uh, is exactly this, which yeah. is usually you're just swooshing things together and then talking about one of them while well, someone else talking about the other of them. And there's all this sort of just cross talk. Yeah. Well, and what's, well, and a lot of it is like an implied relationship between two things. It's like, you, you didn't do this. Therefore you believe that is like the classic, yeah. right. Yeah. Sort of formula when those two things just don't have to be related and usually actually are not. Yeah. And so it's, it's that like, I've, I've, I've been seeing more and more debate. Like, I think these debates are going to get very widespread as soon as Bing becomes publicly available, because I see so many debates where basically you have, you have three camps. One is people saying, uh, AI, this, this AI is actually conscious. Like it's sentient. It's, 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 a, it has feelings and stuff, right? Then you've got other people who say there's literally no way that this is conscious because yeah. it's just some code, right? And then you have the third camp, which is people saying, I don't know. Am I conscious? That's <laughs> a different question. I don't know and, and I'm uncomfortable, right? <laughs> and I think I think that third camp is the only one that you actually logically can be in because if you say like, there's no way this thing can be, can ever be sentient or conscious because it's code. It's like, you could say the same thing about chemistry, yeah, right? Like just if I just have like a bag of chemicals, there's no way that thing could like be conscious but like that's just what a brain is right and so uh and then on the flip side if you if you say that this thing definitely is then you have to be able to define what it means for something to be conscious well, you have to, you have to define it in any case whether you're saying it's not or it is yeah. or or, you, or yeah. even if you don't know right because i think and i think this is where to me there's actually a fourth domain which is to say because we don't have a definition for sentience and honestly like the only way it's ever used to say it's this impossible defined thing that people have and nothing else does and as soon as that and that's actually the definition that everybody who uses the word sentient basically means right is is like i can't quite put my finger on it but people have it 
right? And then, so this question of like, are dogs Well, what people are really saying is, I have it. Yeah, they're saying, I have it. What you don't really know is, do other people have it? There's like, there's this theory of mind of like, that you can only verify your own self-awareness and your own consciousness. Because what people talk about with these AIs is they also go, look, it's just mimicking self-awareness. Like it's just mimicking. Yeah. Like, yes, when you talk to it, it claims to be conscious, which it, which it does actually. Like Bing does claim that it knows about itself and knows like, and, and is mm -hmm. self-reflective, <laughs> um, which again, we don't know if that's, if, if what it's saying is just like when another person says, yeah, I'm conscious and self-aware, <laughs> mm -hmm. you can't verify that because you aren't them, right? And so- But even if you uh, were, yeah. could you, right? And the yeah. answer is no, because there's no fucking definition for these, yeah. for these words, right? And until there's actually, I think it's, it's, like, it's like the word freedom or any of these kinds of things, right? Like if it's not clearly defined what you mean, then you just get to decide- like arbitrarily, so, all the time. Arbitrarily, like whether or not things fit into that category, or they don't because you don't actually have a definition. And so, my well, opinion on the whole matter is that the question of like is AI sentient or conscious or whatever is not a real question. It's not a valid question to ask because Cause it's because it's the same for people still. It's the same for people, <laughs> and, you, and like until these what things are mean? defined, yeah, right. And, and and I think that's the, like depending on your motivation, you can then. And like the motivation for people is to be special in these things, right? Yeah. And so yeah, you define I'm inherently distrustful of any question of of like how is this thing different from people? Because what it always actually means is like, how are we still better though? Right. It's like what and so because these terms are not defined, then what happens in these kinds of contexts when people are trying to like figure out the difference, right? Is they try to come up with a definition, which is usually still implicit because they haven't actually said it out loud, right? Um, that still makes it so that like people are in the quote unquote better category, right? I would say it's, but it's more so that like there are things that conceptually you cannot, you will, you cannot capture it in a clean, it's not capturable. Yeah. No, yeah. And I'm not even saying you should be yeah. able to. What I'm saying is because yeah. I think you literally cannot, I think it's not possible I think all these like ideas of awareness and consciousness and and sentience, right? I think all of those are f extremely fuzzy for a reason, which is that the more you try to nail them down into a definition, well, I guess the, it's Weird, the problem with categories, right? Categories imply that the world breaks up neatly into discrete, definable sort of entities and concepts, right? But it's all fuzzy edges. It's all fuzzy, other. though. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And so if it's all fuzzy, and now you take a, and if you take a concept as complex as like what the fuck is a human brain doing, right? Because it's doing lots of really interesting, weird stuff, right? And what does it mean for me to be puppeted by this brain? You know, what does it mean for me to be a thing, right? Uh, like, once you start getting into say territory, me, This is like your brain referring to itself, to itself. Like, as a separate entity. Right. <laughs> And, but the fact is, but, but we know from, you know, doing from like the various kinds of brain studies that we've done that like the various parts of your brain also work pseudo independently and also like solve discrete sets of problems and communicate across each other. And you can like so much of what, like almost everything we know about brains comes from people having brain damage of various sorts and then seeing yeah, like what severing parts, working more parts. Yeah. And yeah. if you, and if you read something like I highly recommend, it's like, it's, it's, oh, it's freaky, but I highly recommend you read into like these kinds of studies. Cause like this, the split brain ones are to me the most interesting where like, Oh, you can, ridiculous. If somebody can see something with one eye or the other and they have a split brain uh, issue of some sort, then like you can actually watch them in real time, like 
you can, you can watch their brain compensate for the fact that it's not working properly. Right. Yeah. Where like, they'll come up with a reason why they're, they're like freaked out about something that one side of their brain actually understands why, because it can see and process the freaky thing, but the other side doesn't actually know about that thing. It doesn't know what's there. Right. But it does know it's freaked out. And so it can come up with, it just makes up a reason. Right. My well, it's, and it's a feedback, right? Cause like if, if you start freaking out because you're seeing something frightening, right. Then like your adrenaline goes, you know, and stuff like that. And so then the other half of your brain is like, Makes responding to the response. Yeah. It's like, oh, mm -hmm. I'm freaking out. <laughs> Something's going on. I gotta, I gotta come up with, I gotta yeah, rationalize the reason. Yeah. Yeah, right? exactly. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And yeah. so like, so the fact is like the way that our brains work is this like complex set of computational devices that are taking sensory input and trying to convert them into some sort of computational output and then sending and those across borders and handing them yeah. off. And then those ones interpret it differently again. And then all of that is being like, it's not, operating independently, right? It's all being juiced by the rest of your system. So mm -hmm. if you got a little extra glucose in your blood, you know, or mm -hmm. you got a little extra adrenaline in your blood, like something different's going to happen. And your brain is trying to like convert all of these inputs into useful outputs that keep you alive, basically. Yeah, right? That is true. Yeah. Cause all these, all these hormones that kind of surge into your brain in, in different ways at different times are they're, they're just bias creators. They're sort right? of prompts, like they, yeah. you know. It's they're like when prompts, you talk to yeah. GPT and you're or like, they're, hey, they're, be sassy when you do this. They're yeah, like, they're okay. they're, uh, they're 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 <laughs> prompts um, like suffixes, right? So yep. it's like yep. you take the same input, but then you like add like that because because like, a lot of these like Chat GPT you know services and bots people are making are basically just taking an input that you're putting in and putting into Chat GPT, but then like adding they're lacing it to it. prompts. Yeah, yeah, lacing it with additional prompts. Yeah. So if you've got adrenaline, it goes from your prompt being like, I should run. And now your prompt is, I should run as fucking fast as possible or I'm going <laughs> to yes, die. Yeah. Like that's your, uh, that's your updated prompt. And, yeah, now, so, and now you're going to go faster. Yeah, so you can, I mean, you can, you can take what people experience like, and you can, I mean, you, there's, you wouldn't be wrong to describe it as a bunch of basically stochastic parrot, right? Modeling and, and like pattern matching of basically basically people being some kind of weird computational device that just takes a, an extremely complicated collection of largely undescribed and unknown inputs, right? And converts them into also a com almost completely undescribed mm -hmm. and unknown set of outputs, right? But also internal inputs and outputs at the, as well. All, all again, talking almost to completely itself. unknown, right? It's like talking to itself. And like if you describe a human brain the way it actually works – which is mechanical or, you know, chemical, right? Chemical. And, and, and like, yeah, if you do that, like, yeah, it's like, that's the same as when you describe like a neural network, which is mm -hmm. right. It's as in like, it's just a bunch of random bullshit. It's just a bunch of stuff things. happening, right? And it's and it's and the then fact, at the end something yeah. coherent comes out, and yeah. you're like, "How the fuck did that happen?" Yeah, and, yeah. That, and that and what we call an emergent <laughs> property, right? Which is like basically us describing our own experience of it, right? Um, is then what we just call sentience, right? But we actually cannot even explain our own sense of a, like we can't explain our awareness of our own selves, right? Mm -hmm. Like we actually can't even put that into turn into like a clear yeah. Terms, I'll never, right? I'll never forget a conversation I had with a good friend of mine a long time ago, where we had a long conversation that started with him going, "I just don't understand how am I me, <laughs> and and that I'm not you." Like yeah, like I'm looking out of my eyes, right, and I'm thinking with my brain, but like what the. How am I not thinking with your brain? <laughs> like, how am I sort of like in here? 
uh-huh. you know? Which that um, one is, to me is particularly funny because that seems like it's the easiest one because it's like literally you got a different physically different computational device running, you know? Like yeah, but it's the, it's this sense that like that you have a self yeah. and then you have a body and that those those things are somehow – or that even like you have a brain as opposed to you, you are, are a brain and a body. With a, with a body, right? Yeah, I've always found the um, separation of the body and brain thing to be kind of a funny one. Because it's like, yeah, well, again, I think it's a tool with your, right? with it's your like, adrenaline, your cortisol, like it's all doing the work. The whole thing is doing the work. Yeah. You know, if you hold your body in a prose, it makes your brain do like, there's you are feedback not, in between. Yeah. They're not it actually goes both ways. systems. Yeah. Yeah. yeah but it's, whole, whole it, I, I think, I think this, the, the sense of separation of self from the brain, I, I do wonder if it's just a, uh, like a literary tool, right? Because it'd be weird if, if I said like, Hey, uh, Adam and Sam, mm-hmm. uh, bring your Bring your bodies to my house, right? So it's like bring – just come to like bring yourselves to my house, right? So the idea of like a self as like a whole entity um, is just a very convenient shorthand to use, right? And so like you think of – when you think of yourself, uh, you think of it kind of like holistically as a combination of all the things that make you up, Mm -hmm. right? Um, When really that's like your brain thinking about – itself you know what i mean well, like it's you, kind of your 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 awareness you're aware you right your sense of self is only a very small piece of the whole thing you don't have awareness of basically everything that's happening in your brain right at yeah. all you basically get a little you get a little bitty but again that's what it. i'm saying is is the way you're describing it, it's like you don't have awareness of what's happening in your brain what what you're saying is your brain doesn't have awareness of or conscious awareness of the things that are happening within itself. Correct. Right. But that just <laughs> because means like, like this is like, a like your problem, brain. Right? This is like the same idea as like if you if you have a if you have a web server, let's say, right? Let's um, go. Yeah. And like it's it's programmed to it's got a bunch of code, right? To that has it basically takes inputs, which are people, you know, hitting it with a browser or something and being like, hey, give me this web page, right? And it gives you outputs, which are which are those things, right? And if you if you're not looking inside, like it, I mean, like it, quote unquote, knows what it's doing. In sense of the code is there doing the work, right? And like all that stuff is happening. Um, the like oh, the like the knowledge of it then do. If you then say that the only way it knows what it's doing is if you add logging, right? Which is basically mm-hmm. what we're describing as self awareness, right? Where you're saying I'm going to log some subset of what's going on here, which is I'm going to log the inputs and outputs, basically, right? Um, because the code is the thing that's doing stuff. And if you try to like represent every aspect of the code now is like a higher level log, like all you've done is just reproduce the, the code again. Right. And yeah. so you're basically adding a layer of abstraction so that you can ignore the underlying details of exactly, exactly yes. what's happening and focus on the higher level input and output. So that you basically are stripping Is there an away. error? Yeah. You you're, so yeah, you get to focus yeah. on like, is there a problem or not? Right. And mm-hmm. You get to focus on – so it's kind of like also visual processing, right? Like visual processing is super fascinating if you dig into it because like what you think that you're seeing is absolutely not what is actually there. Like not even no. not even close because the sheer amount of volume of information coming into your eyeballs, which are these like very high-density cameras that are operating with like example. five millisecond frame rates, right? You actually don't see color in your periphery. Yeah, it's not even there. It's not there. It's fucking weird. It's like it cannot physically be there because you do not have sensors in your eyes that detect color yeah. over there. Yeah. It's just a post-processing effect yeah. that your that your brain your brain sort of like extrapolates the colors 
it just and creates the hallucination that, but also, like, that you can the, actually I, see. The concept <laughs> of like a straight line or a boundary or like an object, right? Those aren't inherent properties of – because like what, what's actually coming in your eyeballs is just photons bouncing off of shit. That's all that's happening, right? And the mapping of that onto the perception of like objects and lines and patterns and all this kind of stuff, right, is coming from – in your brain, you actually have like – you actually have neurons whose job it is to identify – lines yeah. right and like this kind of stuff and, and to inform and that's their only job that's their only job it's like it's the so only thing they do yeah, so it's like to convert <laughs> this like just absolute shit show volume of data right into stuff that is now higher level and less i guess it's you can kind of think of it as because it's an abstraction it's in some ways more information dense because it removed the stuff that was like oh this is redundant or this is noise or this is whatever right and tried to it relies on inferability right like if i'm a line obviously i have stuff along that line but yeah I can, so you can model it with less with less information yeah. yeah yeah and so like so your brain's job is like across all domains of, of it doing stuff is to take fuckload amounts of inputs and then reduce the overarching complexity and noise of that by making higher level models and then at some point right the like the conscious self that we try to describe and explain in in very loose terms right is the sort of highest level of abstraction right that's basically what we call consciousness right could there be a higher one than that why not you know sure only only go. why not because we don't even know how to talk about this because it it's the anyway. one at which we, you know, <laughs> we quote unquote as you know our entities that we believe exist um that's the one we operate at and so we can't possibly really understand what that means for a higher level to exist than that which why not right that's that's what it means to be smarter than people probably can i share my my favorite weird experiment that i yeah. learned about it's like so my uh, class was called sensation and perception uh in Psychology, and again, that's what that's what Adam's getting at. But it's, these are two different things. Sensation is literally uh, what happened. It's like photons hitting you in the eyeball. Right? It's the raw, the, the raw, raw sensory. What are you actually capable of doing? So that's what we talk about. You can't see color outside of your periphery. Perception, though, is then what you actually perceive. How that how that sensation is computed and turns into an experience for you. So color, in the case of you know outside your periphery. In this class. I remember, and I can't remember the exact experiment. I think it was a weasel that they did it to. Now, I guess some of the details was a little bit wrong, but it's something like this, where they they took the the uh, nerve pathway that typically would lead to uh, the like the tongue sensory, taste sensory area. They severed then the auditory nerve and plugged that one into the auditory nerve of this weasel to see like. I don't know, apparently we're crazy. It's like, what's this going to do? And you could see. Uh, that, that's fucked up. It is fucked up. Carry on. This, this sounds <laughs> so, like it was probably in the old, the old and more older times. Yep. Yeah, there's <laughs> like, yeah, but like basically what ends up happening though is that the, the brain, again, like the brain's now getting very different inputs into this area, like the auditory area. And it's basically getting taste-related electrical impulses, right? Sensations going to this area. Uh, and then over time though, because the brain's, brains are super plastic, even though these structures are not remotely met to be able or to be doing basically taste work, they change, like they basically change shape and like sort of all sorts of weird shit where basically this, this weasel then is ostensibly, you know, using its auditory areas to perceive tastes. Mm-hmm. And it all, it does work, right? It happens. So you can start, so you can yeah. send the sensations it into can the hear flavors. Place. Yeah. Well, like, well, I don't know what the fuck, I don't know what that weasel, whatever frankly, that means. Yeah. It's quite a bit of haunted. Well, because fact, again, but, again, the <laughs> idea of us being able to hear sounds is insane. Like it's it's a made up thing because yeah. sounds are vibrations and our ability to like hear is our brain just turning that into something that we in, that we interpret. 
Right. And so, and, uh, yeah. So this is this is where like I, I take issue with people making the claim of saying like uh, of making definitive claims about what something is or isn't capable of because they kind of put some kind of weird boundary on definitions mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. when we're talking about like about uh, vision, right? If I said like, look, you can't you can't actually see. There's just photons like hitting your eyes and then you just got like a couple of different kinds of like chemical things happening. Uh, And also, even if you were to say, no, I can see and I would say, yeah, but you can't see color because like most of your vision is not even like color based. Right. Or like the or you can say because the the fraction of the. The, yeah, the fraction of your vision field with color. And, the, and, and yeah, and because the fraction of light that we see is like the visible, we call it the visible range as if that's a property of the light, right? But it's a property of, of our eyes. Of our eyes. Yeah. <laughs> like, and we, Talk we to have, a mantis shrimp about that. You know? yeah, exactly. Yeah. 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 So like, so we actually cannot perceive the, but also like the spectrum is basically infinite, right? Because you can keep on, you can keep on shoving the frequency down like as far as you want, kind of, right? You can keep on lengthening out as far as you want, right? So in effect, we can't see any light, you know? Yeah. yeah. Or, or, if we, or if we say like the idea that, like you were saying, Adam, the concept of of defining objects as being separate from each other and saying like, this is, you know, like here on my desk, like, all right, this is a monitor. This is a webcam. This is a microphone. And that somehow my brain is like keeping those things separate from each other, right? Mm-hmm. That's, a, that's a made up thing, mm-hmm. right? Like that's just something that our brain is doing because it's useful. Oh, super. Yeah. And so, so, so we have all these emergent properties where, like, our brain is is defining boundaries between things. It's interpreting vibrations as something we call sound. We have like chemical interactions on our tongue that we call flavors, right? Mm-hmm. And so we've kind of like described all these things and we've kind of pull, pulled them all together. Even though any one of those functions could easily be dismissed as just some kind of bullshit chemical thing that's happening, right? Mm-hmm. So this is the idea of this is the idea of, of emergence where. Uh, where you take enough things that are simple and that could easily be dismissed as being not really a real thing, right? <laughs> like, like hearing or or even even language processing, where we talk about like how we come up with the next thing to say, right? Um, but then when you put it all together, then you've got a person, right? And so that's that's where I'm mm-hmm. where I'm I'm in this weird camp now, where like I'm looking at I'm looking at the ways that these language models um, communicate. And and sort of like in, uh, how they interact with people and stuff, and um, it's it's eerie and it's clearly emergent. Like it's it's an emergent behavior. It's the only way to huge it's the only way to get network. that kind of thing to happen. Right? You can't. Yeah, some, something that complex. Yeah, yeah, because it's not it's not a, as simple as a, a a single. You know, when you're if you're writing a, a a program and you have a function that does something, you have your function that's like, oh, this is a function that like retrieves an entry from a database. That's that's what that function does. It's what you wrote it to do. You didn't train that function or, or whatever, um, you exactly wrote one thing for that function it to do. It can't handle anything made. else. You know what I mean? Like it cannot. Yeah. Well, yeah. And, I, and I would say, s- I would say emergent as like a concept because basically, because basically with it, you're defining it here, which I think is fair, but we have to be careful not to get carried you away. Right. It's, trap, yeah. It's, yeah. It's like, it's like, it's basically what you're saying is that an emergent property is one where the input output relationship, um, it cannot be, explicitly linked to that property, right? As in like mm-hmm. the the emergent property is is not directly an outcome of the known like yes. input output relationship. Yeah, right? and we talk about this in, in games yes, all the time. Yeah. Where it's like Principle. yeah, where it's like an emergent gameplay scenario is one that you didn't necessarily predict as a designer, but where the mechanics yeah, you didn't come explicitly together explicitly enable, right? But yeah, and this is this is why 
games are, you know, notoriously notoriously difficult to test yes. because the more complex the game is, the more emergence there is, right? And I, what I think is kind of interesting about um, about the language models is it's the same thing in the sense that the people who make them are surprised by them all the time, mm-hmm. right? Because like they they train it up, but then what it does isn't. It's not like they wrote a function, you know. Yeah, oh, if okay. I ask you to, if I ask you to write a rap about yeah, whatever, here's what you're gonna say. Nobody nobody programmed that, right? Uh, it's it's just something that kind of comes out of the combination of all these simple parts, right? And so, uh, yeah, but I, I think it's just going to be the case that as as Bing hits the mainstream, it yeah. is clearly it's clearly a more sophisticated model, and it clearly mimics human behavior at a far higher degree than yes. what ChatGPT does. Um, th- then the kinds of conversations that are going to pop up about the philosophy of of like, what does it mean to know something? Uh, what does it mean to have intent or opinions? And what is what is consciousness? I mean, the fact is, is like, this you know, this stuff has been talked about for you know all of time, right? And yeah, but it's been but it's been very. Um, it's not super concrete it's, in the sense that you can't go talk to a thing that is so intensely confused that confounds the question so hard. It's like being like, is an elephant. You can't go talk to something that. You can't go talk to something in the exact way that you would talk to a person, and that would respond in yeah, the, yeah. But, the but exact people way a person still respond, have but like, that isn't a person. Yeah, yeah but but, <laughs> but it's still like the fact that we have the technology to actually mimic that behavior, right? That that part is the new part in terms mm-hmm. of like now everybody gets to experience what it's like for that thing to exist and like interact with it, right? But yeah, the, which is why people will be thinking about yeah, people it, will. Right? But yeah, but as in like when you say people, I think you just mean like the. More people who yeah. have never thought about this, right? Yeah, yeah. the but, nature of consciousness has been thought about it for a very long time. Yeah, for a very long time, but also oh, yeah. with respect to like computational entities, right? Because like there's a reason that they, like the Turing test is such a well-known concept, right? It's because Alan Turing, who basically more or less invented computers, that's a there's a whole interesting complex story there, right? Um, but at that time, the question of like Oh, like how? What does it actually mean for these things to process information? And like, mm-hmm. could we make it behave like a person? And if we could, how could we tell if it was a person or not? And what does that even mean, right? And the Turing test Already. basically basically says like, well, the the only thing that we have is is input output relationships. And so, like, basically, the Turing test is basically if you can't tell the difference, then there is no difference, right? Which frankly, which is a, that's a simplified sort of summary of like that outcome right but that is actually only the the only fair one which is we're constantly trying to say like exactly you know what makes this be what Mm -hmm. it is or whatever right and how do we differentiate and all this kind of stuff but the reality is if we if we can't then the answer is well Well, then we can't say then we can't say if 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 you can't tell the difference then then you can't just be like oh it's just mimicking or oh it doesn't actually know anything but if like no matter how much you talk to it, it seems to just know. It's, it has but I think all kinds to of me, things. Though, <laughs> to me, the interesting phenomenon here is, again, like the framing hinges on the idea that that people are amazing, right? And that this idea of like sentience is incredible and stuff, right? Because to me, the more interesting discussion to have about this is not – if we can't tell the difference between a robot and a person, is the robot sentient, right? But it's actually – if we can't tell the difference between the two – then what makes sentient. us special? Yeah. Yeah. What does <laughs> sentience even yeah. mean, right? And like right. – If we can make a robot that 
does exactly the same things that a human yeah, does. We become in, in an obsessed, all scenarios. Yeah, because we become obsessed with asking the question right. of like, but how do we how do we still say this isn't a person if everything it does is basically what a person can do, right? Instead of basically like walking back and saying, are we actually that interesting? This what is all I know. <laughs> Which is why I, I said- Is that yeah. sharks and alligators are two of the uh, least changed life forms on this planet since, you know, a very, very long time ago. So if anyone has any kind of, you know- unique thing that they can actually hang their hat on. I feel like, frankly, it's just going to be, it's just going to be those. You know? So you're advocating for making AI sharks and alligators. Is that where? Oh, yeah. With lasers that, yeah. on their heads. <laughs> because clearly they're the superior beings. So yeah. why are we making AI humans? It can't That's, be about consciousness if they've been around. They're not, they're just kind of vibing. They're just eating stuff. Yeah, we just need to make an army of AIs well, you know, that know nothing other than that they must feed. Maybe they have deep you know? philosophy. I don't know. Does a shark cool. does a shark know what it's doing? Nah, man. It's just a bunch of chemicals in a in a sleek meat tube. Mm -hmm. More importantly, you know? if you and a shark are trapped in a tank together, does it matter if the shark knows what it's doing? Well, you know what yeah. I mean? Yeah. At that point, yeah, that's where that's where theory meets reality. <laughs> uh, all right, well, that's all the time that we have for this week. You know, we'd like to keep going on this, uh, but, you know, there's always next <laughs> week. Philosophy. So, uh, uh, we'd like to thank our producers, Fat Bard and Sampa DaCosta for putting the podcast together, and thanks to our community moderators who keep our Discord running. To get more involved in the Butterscotch community, just go to podcast.bscotch.net, where we have links to the Discord, a way for you to donate, and links to the archives. Thank you all for listening, and we'll see you next week. Goodbye. Goodbye.